Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. Hey, everybody. Look at you. It's day two. We're trying to read the whole Bible together. Uh, my name is Ryan. I'm here with Jenny. Hello. Uh, and today we're looking at Genesis 4 to 7. Uh, and really, like, no matter what your experience or past with the Bible, um, maybe you know a lot about it, maybe you don't. We cover a lot of ground very quickly. So yesterday we ended with sin and the fall. Uh, today we're going to look at Cain and Abel all the way through to the flood with like Noah's family on the boat and it raining. So we're going to cover a lot of ground. Uh, there's not a lot of text to support all of these stories. So we actually had like a little bit of a interaction before we started recording the episode where it's like a lot happened here mm-hmm. and there's like not much. It, like a lot of history comes from like two sentences. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we want to do is just dig into this, see what stuck out to us and see what we can get out of it from the reading today. So uh, what'd you see? Uh, just starting out in chapter four. I really kind of honed in on what seems to me as Cain's curse. So looking at this story for what seems like the millionth time, um, some things that really stuck out were um, the offerings that both of the brothers brought. So Cain brought his offering of um, what I've always thought of as like the crops, the vegetables, whatever. Um, And I always think of Abel as the one who brought the meat and in my, I guess, naive understanding, I always pictured these as, well, God clearly likes the the meat. They're like more hefty offering more. Uh, but it's not necessarily so much of what they're bringing. It's how they're bringing what they're bringing. Um, and so that brought a little bit of clarity to me. But at the same time, um, something else that caught my attention um, was that after, after Cain kills his brother, uh, God seeks him out again. Um, just like we saw in the first chapters of like, hey, what are you doing? What's wrong? What's going on? Um, as if he doesn't know, but it kind of just brings Cain to this moment of needing to like own up to to what his heart has been up to. It is funny. It's it's a great example of we get a lot of story from not many lines. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a common thought that what Abel brought was better because it was like a living animal. Right. Um, but our idea just comes from chapter four, verse five, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So this is, this is God. Actually, you could back up. Uh, Abel brought the firstborn of his flock and their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry. There's a lot happening behind the scenes. So there's, there's a lot of things we don't know about Cain, uh, but apparently Cain has not been living a life that is honoring to God. And that is evident when he comes to God to give an offering and God's like, Hey, like your heart is messed up. What is going on? And then you see like the fruit of Cain is just that there's like sin upon sin upon sin. And it just like descends further and further and further to where we get this Lamech guy who's like literally just walking around bragging about how violent he is. Mm -hmm. And so you get this really interesting thing happening where uh, culture like these guys are building cities like Cain's offspring are building cities. They're becoming greater. Um, They're becoming more influential. But at the same time, they're becoming more and more and more sinful. And it creates kind of this dark picture of what the world is like. Almost like prideful within their promise. Uh Exactly. And so chapter four ends with like this song, basically, where Lamech's like running around singing about like, Mm -hmm. I kill people 
And I kill them a lot. <laughs> <laughs> or kill them without consequence. <laughs> exactly. It actually like reminds me of just like a child. Like, mm-hmm. well, I know I can get away with this, so I can do whatever I want. And I don't care the, the mercy that's come before. So chapter four ends with this short little line. Uh, to Seth, also a son was born. He was called his name Enosh. At that time, people began to call upon the name of the Lord. So there is this dark period of time. Uh, but the end of chapter four kind of brings this short little highlight and people start to notice and pay attention to God because a lot of time has passed. Um, so in chapter five, you basically get these genealogies that are like a million years long. They're very old individuals <laughs> and it is baffling to me. I don't, I don't get it. I actually asked earlier, like, did they have a different understanding of what a year was? And to that, Ryan said, Probably not. Well, it's, it's possible. There's a couple different things. Like one is the language could be interpreted incorrectly and that they didn't actually live to be 900. That's one possibility. Mm. Another possibility is that they, in fact, did live to be 900 out of some weird possibility. Uh, there is like this ancient text that lists kings. So not a Christian thing, just like an ancient old Near Eastern thing. And they list their kings as like 900 years old, 600 years old, 800 years old. Um, so that is Sumerian history that basically supports that like ancient royalty, mm-hmm. you just expanded how long they lived. Basically you lied about how long they lived. So it's possible that that is present here. Uh, another very clear possibility is that the world was different. Like it, it had never mm-hmm. rained before people were living in like a unique way of life that we have no context for. And so it's possible that actually people's genes lasted longer. Their biology was more vibrant and they, in fact, did live to be as long as what the Bible says. And so there's a couple of different takes on this. I also think it's interesting how in chapter six, when you keep moving along, there is mention of in the first, what is it, the first couple verses, uh, da, da, da. Oh, verse three, it says God announces, or excuse me, the commentaries here says that God announces that because of the immoral nature of people, so people like gradually become like more and more sinful, uh, their days shall be 120 years. Yeah. And we were talking about how that could be no longer will they exceed. You're not going to live that long anymore. Right. You're going to, but it could also be that the flood is coming in 120 years. Mm-hmm. It could be like God saying, Hey, it is so evil. You guys only have 120 years left. Mm-hmm. And what kind of baffled me a little bit too was in chapter six, it's like, okay, this is kind of where God like gloves off. Like, okay, that's enough. I'm done. Like you guys have used up all your free chances where I'm over it. Uh, which makes me think like if it got that bad that God was just like, it's done. How have we not met that quota yet? Like all the pain and the sin and the bad things <laughs> that happen wild. in our world today. Like how have we not hit this, this maximum yet? Yeah. I mean, I think it's another good con like another good uh, context is this is just a couple chapters. We have, we have no idea how much time and what happened in that time. And we have, a, we have a picture of time because mm-hmm. you can see like the, the genealogy and the timelines, like it's like thousands of years. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't say much about what it was like other than people became more and more and more and more sinful. It becomes obvious that God looks at the world and is like, Hey, this is not good. Now, when you think about this in like real world terms, like how does that impact your view of God? 
it's pretty easy to read over this and be like, why do I want a relationship with that guy? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Perhaps one helpful way to look at that is that God actually does care about humanity and he cares about it enough to actually have a standard. So if you, if you think about it in terms of like, like if God would have looked at how evil the world was, right? We know that violence is increasing. Um, we know that people are turning away from him. So what that means is the world became more and more uh, separate from God. I think it is helpful to know that there is a point where God's like, hey, this is crazy. Like this has to stop. Because if God actually looked at the world and was like, oh, this is cool. Like I'm glad that they're killing people. Like they'd be like, uh, what? Um, so perhaps what separates our God from like all this made up stuff is actually the fact that he does have a standard. And when people don't meet that standard, it, it's problematic. My brain is like, I feel like what if I existed in that time? I would feel like such a failure. Like, I don't do well when I'm told, like, that's not right, that's not good. Or, like, so bad that someone is that hands-off or needs to but back away. It's pretty serious, no matter what. It's pretty serious. It's just crazy to me. That's all. Mm-hmm. I have no words. <laughs> so, out of all this fallen, sinful nature, uh, you kind of have two lines. You have people that did not walk with God, and you have people that do walk with God. That's a clear theme throughout these couple of chapters. Um, it becomes obvious that Noah is somebody who does walk with God. He comes from this line of people who honor God. Actually, Enoch would be like his one of his early grandfathers actually was taken away. There's two people in the Bible that are just whisked away by God, Enoch and Lucky. Elijah. It's kind of wild, huh? Um, but it helps to create this idea that there are those who are evil and those who are righteous before God. What about Noah? Why didn't he get taken away? Because Noah was living a righteous life. Uh, somehow he stood out and God had mercy on him. So that's why. So then we hit chapter seven mm-hmm. and we have some questions about the typical two by two. Apparently it was some seven by seven. Yeah. And then interesting. Uh, if you look at, Uh, Chapter 7, verse 2, take with you seven pairs of all clean animals, male and his mate, a pair of animals that are not clean. So there's seven pairs of clean Mm -hmm. animals and a regular old pair of unclean animals. We'll hear about this more in Leviticus and in Deuteronomy, uh, but this seems to be some kind of like sacrificial significance. Standards still mattered. Well, basically God's saying like, hey. You're going to need extra animals that I'm going to require for sacrifices. Right. <laughs> so like the bar is still just as high. So he has this in mind. Noah takes extra animals because of that. And then on the, on the other side of the flood, there's going to be more of those kinds of animals mm-hmm. um, so that they can support right relationship with God. Uh, but you have this righteous guy, Noah. Uh, his family is saved from this flood. These people have never seen rain before. Um, it does say in chapter six and seven, basically that the water came from the sky and from the ground, like everything burst out. And so basically there's this incredible flood that lasts for quite a while. All right. So that is Genesis four to seven. It's a little bit of a strange passage in that Cain kills Abel. Doesn't seem like Mm -hmm. they were walking according to God's plan, but somehow, uh, God is in control of all of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what's our part in this? What do we do with this? 
Well, I think your part in Genesis 4 through 7, uh, we see this story where Cain brings his gift with a, a heart that's not right. Um, and I think that's so easy for us to do as well. So um, my kind of takeaway for our part is like, you're not fooling anyone, myself included, um, especially with God, when we don't get right with him and we're just like walking through pretending, like just doing all the right motions, like Cain and his gift. Um, his gift wasn't accepted by God because he wasn't in a good place. His heart wasn't in a good place. Um, so I think just some encouragement is like today, throughout your day, just ask God to reveal some of that stuff, some of that gross stuff that we're just carrying around with us, um, even bringing to God, but just kind of turning a blind eye to. Um, just ask him to reveal that to you in your day to day. And I encourage you to ask God to set you free of what it is that's holding you back um, from not being fully right with God. And also to look for those ways that you can kind of step in the right direction to get past that so that it doesn't continue to hold you back from having that right relationship with the Lord um, and serving him in the way that he has created you to. Genesis 4. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again, she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of the fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. Cain spoke to Abel his brother, and when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? But the Lord said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground. And now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it shall no longer yield to you its strength. You shall be a fugitive and wanderer of the earth. Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, you have driven me away today from away from the ground, and from your face I shall be hidden. I shall be fugitive and a wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. Then the Lord said to him, Not so. If anyone kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord put a mark on Cain, lest any who find him should attack him. Then Cain went away from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Enoch. When he built a city, he called the name of the city after the name of his son Enoch. To Enoch was born Erad, and Erad fathered Mahujel, and Mahujel fathered Methushel, and Methushel fathered Lamech. And Lamech took two wives. The name of one was Ada, and the name of the other Zelah. Adab or Jabal, he was the father of those who dwell in tents and have livestock. His brother's name was Jabal, and, his, and he was the father of those who play the lyre and pipe. Zila also bore Tubal-Cain. 
He was the forger of all instruments of bronze and iron. The sister of Tubal-Cain was Nema. Lamech said to his wives, Ada and Zila, hear my voice. You wives of Lamech, listen to what I say. I have killed a man for wounding me, a young man for striking me. If Cain's revenge is sevenfold, then Lamech's is seventy-sevenfold. And Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son and called him the name Seth. For she said, God has appointed me for another offspring instead of Abel, for Cain killed him. To Seth also a son was born, and he called his name Enosh. At that time people began to call upon the name of the Lord. This is the book of the generations of Adam. When God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. Male and female he created them, and he blessed them, and he named them man when they were created. When Adam had lived 130 years, he fathered a son in his own likeness after his image and named him Seth. The days of Adam after he fathered Seth were 800 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. When Seth had lived 105 years, he fathered Enosh. Seth lived, an af- Seth lived after he fathered Enosh 807 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Seth were 912 years, and he died. When Enosh had lived 90 years, he fathered Kenan. Enosh lived after he fathered Kenan 815 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Enosh were 905 years, and he died. When Kenan had lived 70 years, he fathered Mahalel. Kenan lived after he fathered Mahalel 840 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Kenan were 910 years, and he died. When Mahalel lived 65 years, he fathered Jared. Mahalel lived after he fathered Jared 830 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Mahalel were 895 years, and he died. When Jared had lived 162 years, he fathered Enoch. Jared lived after he fathered Enoch 800 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Jared were 962 years, and he died. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he fathered Methuselah. Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. When Methuselah had lived 187 years, he fathered Lamech. Methuselah lived after he fathered Lamech 782 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Methuselah were 969 years, and he died. When Lamech had lived 182 years, he fathered a son and called his name Noah, saying, Out of the ground that the Lord had cursed, this one shall bring us relief from our work and from our painful toil of our hands. Lamech lived after he fathered Noah 595 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Lamech were 777 years, and he died. After Noah was 500 years old, Noah fathered Shem, Ham, and Japheth. When man began to multiply on the face of the land, and the daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of man were attractive, and they took as their wives as many as they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit shall not abide in man forever. For he is flesh, his days shall be one hundred twenty years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterward, 
when the sons of God came in to the daughters of man, and they bore children to them. These were the mighty men who were of old, the men of renown. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his hearts was only evil continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on earth, and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God, and Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with violence. And God saw the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and out with pitch. This is how you are to make it. The length of the ark, 300 cubits. Its breadth, 50 cubits. And its height, 30 cubits. Make a roof for the ark and finish it a cubit above. And set the door of the ark in its side. Make it lower, second, and third decks. For behold... I will bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, and which is the breath of life under heaven. Everything that is on the earth shall die. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall come into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. And of every living thing on the, of all flesh, you shall bring two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female." of the birds according to their kinds, and of the animals according to their kinds, of every creeping thing of the ground according to its kind. Two of every sort shall come in it with you to keep them alive. Also take with you every sort of food that is eaten and store it up. It shall serve as food for you and for them. Noah did this. He did all that God commanded him. Then the Lord said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and your household. For I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. Take with you seven pairs of all clean animals, the male and his mate, and a pair of the animals that are not clean, the male and his mate, and seven pairs of the birds of the heavens, also male and female, to keep their offspring alive on the face of all the earth. For in seven days I will send rain on the earth forty days and forty nights, and every living thing that I have made I will blot out from the face of the ground. And Noah did all that the Lord had commanded him. Noah was six hundred years old when the flood waters came upon the earth. And Noah and his sons and wife and his sons' wives went with him into the ark to escape the waters of the flood. Of clean animals and of animals that are not clean and of birds and of everything that creeps on the ground, two and two, male and female, went into the ark with Noah, as God had commanded Noah. And after seven days the waters of the flood came upon the earth. In the six hundredth year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the seventeenth day of the month, on that day all the fountains of the great deep burst forth, and the windows of the heavens were opened, and rain fell upon the earth forty days and forty nights. On the very same day Noah and his sons, Shem and Ham and Japheth, 
and Noah's wife and the three wives of his sons with them entered the ark. They and every beast according to its kind and all the livestock according to their kinds and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth according to its kind and every bird according to its kind, every winged creature. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the 17th day of the month, on that day all the fountains of the great deep first burst forth and the windows of the heavens were opened and rain fell upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. On the very same day, Noah and his sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and Noah's wife and the three wives of his sons with them entered the ark. They and every beast according to its kind and all the livestock according to their kinds and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth according to its kind and every bird according to its kind, every winged creature, they went into the ark with Noah, two and two of all flesh in which there was the breath of life. And those that entered, male and female, of all flesh, went in as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. The flood continued forty days on the earth. The waters increased and bore up the ark, and it rose high above the earth. The waters prevailed and increased greatly on the earth, and the ark floated on the face of the waters. And the waters prevailed so mightily on the earth that all the high mountains under the whole heaven were covered. The waters prevailed above the mountains, covering them fifteen cubits deep. And all flesh died that moved on the earth, birds, livestock, beasts, all swarming creatures that swarm on the earth, and all mankind. Everything on the dry land in whose nostrils was the breath of life died. He blotted out every living thing that was on the face of the ground, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens. They were blotted out of the earth. Only Noah was left and those who were with him on the ark, and the waters prevailed on the earth 150 days. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.